Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table and solutions from a woman's perspective. Today, I have a very unique and special guest, my friend Tamia Dow, and she is here to share her story of how she came to Jesus and also what she does now. And I just think it's so fantastic. Welcome to the Pink Chair. Well, thank Tamia. you for I'm so happy me. that you're here today. <laughs> we were just talking about this a couple months ago when I saw you at one of the task force meetings. And I want people to know who you are. And we were saying earlier, like, let's, I was saying, hey, one minute testimony, but that's probably impossible. So let's, <laughs> let's just break it down. What happened in your life to make you feel like you had to surrender to God? So very interesting. Thank you for having me in You're the welcome. pink chair. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it. it is my pleasure to be here with you. And my testimony is very unique and I feel so blessed. Um, the Lord has just really brought favor into my mm -hmm. life from, mm -hmm. from when I was little. I kind of always knew what I wanted to do with my life. And God has really directed my past. Now, I, I was raised as a good little Catholic girl. Oh, okay. Um, so when I came on the police department, which we, I, I guess I'm starting really deep, right? <laughs> so you're working I, for the police yes. department? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was actually working for the police department when I when I got saved. Mm -hmm. So I am a local here in Vegas. I've been here in Las Vegas since 1980. Mm -hmm. So I consider mm -hmm. this my home. Right, right, right. <laughs> I love Vegas. And I went to high school here. I went to the mm -hmm. University of Nevada, Las Vegas. While at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, I went through ROTC, believe it or not, uniforms and all. And I got commissioned into the military, the U.S. Army, as wow. a military police officer. There's a reason why I'm telling you this background. So I got my criminal justice degree, a bachelor's in that. Right. I got, I went in the military, got special training in military police. And then originally I wanted to go to the, to the DEA. And wow. then right before it was time for me That's to go. Heavy. That's isn't heavy. it right? Just yeah. like, like, like pause. Like I just DEA, wanna, pause. I, be DEA. <laughs> I did. I thought it would be, you know, because I had the degree. Wow. And when you want to go federal, uh -huh. you have to have the degree. And so right before it was time for me to go down and do my interview for DEA, there was a agent that was killed in the line of duty. <gasps> And she was wow. a black female agent and she was working undercover in Miami and she was Spanish speaking. And I had all of that. Right. I had, you know, I was like, because that was one of my selling points. You know, I'm bilingual. You know, I can, you, you know, I can Spanish? work. Well, I could at the time. Oh, now okay. My Spanish is but like you, really You can dead. pick it up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I spoke mm -hmm. it all the time mm -hmm. in law. When I was uh, Metro, I worked in right. Naked City. Okay. So I spoke it all the time. But I just haven't spoken in years. I really have had no need to do it since uh Gosh, I've been retired for eight years now. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. So anyways, um, bachelor's degree, as I mentioned, uh, training as a as a military officer in the army. Okay. Right. And then I tested for Metro. Tested for Metro did really well, you know, scored like, you know, top first 10 people. Right. Mm -hmm. Picked. Right. Very excited, you know, confident, had gone on for years with that confidence. Right. So walk into the police department. And I thought I would have this amazing, warm welcome, right? Here I am, this amazing woman with all these skills and blah, blah, blah. And the first thing that I was told was, you're a token. Oh, <laughs> you did not hear that. The only reason you're, you're, you're yeah, the only reason oh, they you're picked here you. is because yep they oh, picked you because yeah. you're black and you're a woman exactly so two tokens for one right two tokens for yeah. one not mm -mm. the fact that I'm college educated mm -mm. specifically in criminal justice mm -hmm. that I am a military police officer from the military you know a police officer 
No, I was a token. I was selected because I was a cute black girl, I was told, right? Because of course they'd only pick a cute black girl, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at this because it wasn't just like, one officer that told serious? me. Yeah. Another one told me, oh, you took a white man's job. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. And then yet another one of my training officers told me, you know what? What would you do if you weren't a police officer? And I was like, what do you mean? Wow. That's kind of a... He goes, figure it out. Because he had every intentions to get rid of me. Wow. <laughs> I like, so I was like, what? I was just like totally... So needless to say... Um, it's hard to say this, but my ego was yeah. really hit, yeah, you know? Yeah. I was like, I came to this department, this mm -hmm. huge blessing that I thought, you know, mm -hmm. with all these skills and training and all this kind of stuff. So of course they'd love me and you know, this and this and this. And of course, no, that was not how I received. Mm. And then I found out I was only the second black female on the police department. I was the only one working the road. And I didn't realize that till my sergeant told me. My sergeant said to me, you know, um, somebody said something about a car stop or whatever. I go, how do you know it was me? <laughs> Well, there's only two people. <laughs> no, he said to me, you're the only one out there on the road. Oh, that's right. You were the only one. Oh, my goodness. It's like, you're the only one out there on the road. And I was like, <gasps> you know, but then it shocked me. Wow. Because coming from the Army, there's black females doing mm -hmm. every there job is, you could imagine is, there in is. there. Mm -hmm. So to find out that I was the first. Now, bear in mind, I'm saying police officer mm -hmm. riding around in the black and white. There were plenty of black females that were working in the jail on the correction sure, side. Sure. But none of them were driving a patrol car, yes. you know, out there working as yep. police. So that just kind of hurt me really bad. And my brother had me attending his church, which mm -hmm. was uh, at the time Trinity Life Center, which then became my church. I love Trinity Life Center. Love Trinity Life yeah. Center. Yeah. Pastor Randy was there at the I time. I love Pastor Randy. Yes, yes. Uh, but actually, Rich Guerra was the uh, senior pastor at the time that mm -hmm. I got saved. Mm -hmm. And they did an altar call. And like all these people there knew me because I was attending the church with my brother. So they were like, oh, she's a Christian like us, you know, that kind of thing. But then they found out when the uh, altar call was given, I went forward. I went mm. for it. I totally surrendered because I was so hurt. Yeah. I was like, Lord, you did all this stuff. You right. helped me. You know, you set this path for me. And now I'm getting this resistance. You know, why don't these people realize I'm your child? They're not supposed to I be know. messing and, with and, me. And, and the other thing is, it, it, being a police officer, and we in all, today's culture is crazy right now about it. But even back then, it's a dangerous job regardless. You're on, you're on the beat. You're on the street and we're in Vegas. Yes. That does not mean it's calm here. We, we are a cowboy town. Right. Okay. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Well, Mafia that's, and everything else. Right. And <laughs> that's so funny you would bring that up because we would always get America's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. We always, always got America's Most Wanted. Yeah. And I think people thought they did. They pictured uh, Vegas as this tiny little, you know, one horse sheriff, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> that would just like ride the horse by right. you, you know, and totally not, you know, pay attention. But no, constantly we were getting mm -hmm. America's Most wanted here you know where were you working when when bill young was sheriff were you still with the force you were weren't you well yeah because yeah, i okay. went through i went through him and oh my goodness he was I'm my first arresting officer in las vegas i remember your story yeah i remember <laughs> you asking me if i knew him too yeah I, in fact i have a picture of him and i on the chaplaincy page it's me him sheriff gillespie and um ugh, and the current sheriff. Okay. Yes. So Lombardo, we're all Lombardo. Yes. Right, yeah. We're all um, in this picture mm -hmm. on the chaplaincy mm -hmm. page. So yes. So, but my sheriff, I believe was, this is so funny. You would ask me, I came on in 1989. I want to say it was lamb. Okay. Yeah. I, I, remember I want him. to say it was yep. lamb. Uh, yeah. So then after him, it was like uh, Keller. I yes. worked for Keller as a patrol officer. Oh my gosh. And then these are bringing back memories. Right. Right. Yes. Ah! Yes. <laughs> so I went through four sheriffs. Gosh. 
Yeah, four sheriffs before I retire. Or okay. five. Is that five? Hold that thought. We're going to be right back, you guys. We have to hear the rest of Tamia's story. I cannot believe that we're actually uh, talking about Jesus and the police department. This is amazing. (laughs) What is sex trafficking? When I first started doing outreaches on the Las Vegas Strip, I had no idea what sex trafficking was. Here's what the U.S. Department of State says about sex trafficking in an article titled, What is Trafficking in Persons? When an adult is coerced, forced, or deceived into prostitution or maintained in prostitution through coercion, that person is a victim of trafficking. All of those involved in recruiting, transporting, harboring, receiving, or obtaining the person for the purpose have committed a trafficking crime. Sex trafficking can also occur within debt bondage, as women and girls are forced to continue in prostitution through the use of unlawful debt, purportedly incurred through their transportation, recruitment, or even their crude sale, which exploiters insist they must pay off before they can be free. This is in my book, Fallen, Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. This is my autobiography, but it's also a major trafficking 101 tool of my personal, crazy, dangerous adventure in the world of underground call girl. Yes, I said it, call girl on the Las Vegas Strip, glamorous lifestyle, sex trafficking. I had two different traffickers for an entire decade. You guys do not want to miss this. I also have this book in Spanish for those that speak Spanish or you know someone that does. And also it's on audio and audible. You can go to hookersforjesus.net. You can also go to Amazon, put in Fallen out of the sex industry and you will find this book. I'd love for you to get it to learn more about sex trafficking and what your role is in ending this in America as we know it and the world. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair. I'm here with my friend Tamia Dow, and we're talking about the police department and Jesus. Can we put those two words together? <laughs> I think we can. Yes, What's we up, can. girl? <laughs> so, so what happened next? Because we were talking about your story. You're with Metro at the time, police department, and you've got all these degrees, and you're on the beat. And what happened next? Yes. Well, thank God, you know, because like I said, I was super frustrated, you know, and and so I I went forward. I gave my heart to the Lord and then I came back to work and my whole demeanor and everything was different. It was totally changed. I mean, the Lord cleaned up my mouth because I came from the military. So I was, you know, I was like a sailor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I fit in really perfect as a police officer, you know, because I'm cussing people out and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) But when I came back after I got to know the Lord, I said, you know, you're going to have to clean my mouth up period. You know, I, this is not a good testimony, you know? So boom, like overnight, literally I, I couldn't say a cuss word, everything, right. <laughs> but always find something clever else to say, you know, and my colleagues noticed that, mm-hmm. you know? Well, the other cool thing was a captain took champion, my cause. He mm-hmm. went and he looked at my, uh, 
what do you call it? Each each day you get a kind of a critique, for lack of a better word, an eval. And I was getting these long evals that would say all these negative things about me because, of course, the goal was to get me to leave. And instead, he looked at the positives, which was good good customer service, good uh, officer safety, good, which is what you want in a police officer, which I loved when you said the thing at the beginning about women being the solution. You were kind of something in that way you were saying. And of course, as a female police officer, because we don't have the, the, the strength and the bulk and all that kind of stuff. So the last thing we're going to do is get up in somebody's face and want to start a fight with them. Right, of course. We're going to want to de-escalate right. it so that, you know, they're like, well, okay, officer, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, a, mother, a mother's perspective. Exactly. You calm down, please. <laughs> Correct. Mother, yeah. auntie, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Not a lot of people. I mean, I have my share of fights. Trust me, people will fight with you, you know, but not so much when they look at you and they go, okay, she hasn't disrespected me you know she's been she's called me by my name you know this kind of thing because they don't mind fighting an officer that's been disrespectful to them which is sad and it shouldn't happen yeah. anyways yeah. but it's just as they look at her like you know that could be my little sister you know right. this kind of thing and then so we have less fights mm -hmm. women tend to have mm -hmm. less physical altercations right, right. Uh, and it's not because we run away it's because we de-escalate right. them you know, you know how to talk it out and, and calm them down exactly it's really awesome exactly so I so I stayed on the, that captain you know he went through he said you know what you're messing with her there's nothing wrong with her leave her alone mm -hmm, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and then you know then I, my, my career commenced right so I worked uh, one of the age I know you really want to hear about is you know but I worked all over the city I worked in Naked City which is over there behind the stratosphere yeah. which you know had a lot of crime at the time I was there it was in like in the 1990s yeah and it's also when I got to speak my I, Spanish. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think there still is crime there. And they call it Naked City because of the showgirls that used to bathe topless, supposedly. Yes, yes that is. And those, that, those old apartments. That is it. They used to, because there was no tanning salons back I in mean, the day, you know. So, yes. <laughs> the showgirls in Montana line, so there you go. Right. And topless. it was less expensive to yep. live there than it was on the other side of the line. Because right. most people don't know that the line is drawn right. in Las Vegas there at Sahara. Yeah. Right? City. So, Right, there's city, city and yep. county, mm -hmm. right, exactly. So, so actually people don't realize that Las Vegas is actually paradise. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it right. Is. Most people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're in, if you're ever in Las Vegas, you tag yourself into somewhere on the on the strip. It's say will paradise. say you're in paradise. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's very funny. So I went on to to work and then specialize to start to specialize in domestic violence. And while I was working in domestic violence, is when I got introduced to victims of sex trafficking because they were often misidentified right. by police officers because they would say they're old man, yeah. you know, something to that effect, and they just. Check it off as yeah. domestic violence. Uh, she's just in love with the idiot. You exactly, know? exactly. So I would get the case on my desk as a detective, and I would go, okay, let me follow up. And then, of course, the the victim would clarify for me, oh, he's yeah, he's my pimp. There's five of us in the house, and the, you know, yeah, they just yeah. go on and live, explain living it. Yes. all together in a trap house. Wow. Yes. So I wow. learned a lot in uh, while working in domestic violence, and I got to to help quite a few people get out of that lifestyle. You know, That's we awesome. would we would usually direct most of our folks to Vice so that yeah. Vice could go and do the follow up and that kind of right. stuff. But it was just that initial interview, interaction, finding out what was going on to figure out that this person has been trafficked and mm -hmm. now let's help them. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's yeah. really incredible. So after, so you retired eventually, obviously, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And yes. then, and what year was that? I retired in 2012, actually, okay. 88 years ago. <laughs> and, and what are you doing now? Well, I'm super excited about that. Ah, I, I took like on. a year to travel, just to like travel the oh, world. I'm I jealous. think every retiree does Did that. Did you go to it's an like, island? I've been to a couple islands, oh, actually. it's awesome. <laughs> the Caribbean's my favorite. Uh, we went to Gran Canaria, which is a bunch yeah. of uh, the Canary Islands. Mm -hmm, that was mm -hmm. really cool. I did a lot of traveling off of uh, Europe because I went and moved to London. And while I was in London, I would just go places from London. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like, where can I go? Germany, where can I go? Where can I go? You know, yeah. it's like, 
<laughs> London's a great spot to just to Heathrow Airport, right? So then you you retired and you you felt called to do what? So then I started writing. So mm-hmm. um, and actually, what's interesting is I started writing, and there's still people right now that are on the edge of their seats, going, "Is she going to write about me? Is she going to write about me?" <laughs> <laughs> I haven't written that book yet, <laughs> but pretty much what I have written about is pretty overall my testimony. So I have gone on to become an international speaker. Uh, last year I was in London and I won an iconic woman award. Oh, wow. And then the, before that I was in Toronto uh-huh. and I won a, Oh, actually I got that backwards. I won a, Anyways, I want awards. I remember forgetting the names of it. And then even um, Pastor Denise and her team gave me an award last year. I was the first one to win the Worth Fighting For Award, wow. which was super wow. excited. I, I, no, I saw that. Yes. I saw that. I remember that. Yeah, I was very excited but about that. But you're a chaplain now. I am. I'm an ordained minister. Okay. Now, back when I first got saved, this is most people don't know this, and I was still in the police department, I did start my ministerial study. Mm-hmm. I just didn't finish it. <laughs> So then I, when I moved to ICLV, which is the church I attend right now, they had a program called Kairos. So I went through their Kairos oh, program Kairos. and I got, uh, I actually, that's where I got my training and my, my, um, all of my education okay. for my ministerial background. Okay. Yeah. And so now I'm a chaplain with Chaplaincy Nevada. Right. I'm a senior chaplain with them, an ordained minister, and I do weddings. Yes. <laughs> and, and you, do you, you minister to the police department. I do. And veterans. Yes, I do that main focus because, of course, as I mentioned, my background is Army, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm an, an Army officer. So you understand them very well. Correct. Plus, and you've already walked it yourself. I did. Army and police department. Correct. Like, it's perfect. And that's why I've chose them. Because yeah. I think that they are extremely misunderstood. And I know that you want to talk to me about um, being black and blue and that kind of thing. And I'm ready to talk about that because uh, I'm always blue. You know, I'm always going to be police, you know, I'm always going to be military, you know, veteran, you know, so, and I'm pretty much always going to be black. (laughs) (laughs) Not to make it a joke, but let's just go there. (laughs) Not too much I can do, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. I just love, uh, to me, I just love it. I love it. You know what? We're going to be right back, you guys, because we're going to talk. I actually sent her a question. I texted her a question last night and yes, I went there and I asked Tamia, Tamia, should we defund the police? We'll be right back. (laughs) Testimonials from the Destiny House. While all the ministries are near and dear to my heart, Destiny House is particularly precious to me. Through the safe haven, I have been extremely blessed to meet so many women whose lives have been radically transformed through God's love and his grace. And when these women have been through the gut-wrenching abuse and heartbreaking, terrible treatment, there is nothing that the power of God and his love cannot heal or make them whole. We teach these women that their lives in slavery can be unchained so that they can live freely. Once they experience this, they understand that they are accepted and embraced by the love of God, no matter where or what their past looks like. These women bring joy to my heart every single day. And I am grateful that I have the opportunity to work with them and to personally witness their transformations, their transformations. This is what we do at the Destiny House. And if you didn't know it, this is for my book, 
fallen out of the sex industry and into the arms of the Savior. Ladies literally come into the Destiny House program. It's 12 to 12 months to 24 months. Each lady comes and gets to dream again. She discovers who she is, what her purpose is, and she gets to develop into the perfect destiny that God has already designed for her from the forming of her cells in her mother's womb. Yes, God had derived and destined a plan for her and it wasn't to be sex trafficked. Would you please consider today, you guys, we are a nonprofit to partner with us. We need your help. These women that we deal with every day have complex trauma, severe complex trauma. They need 24-7 care, counseling, equine therapy. We need food for our house, clothing, toiletries. You guys, this is a life-altering work that changes lives for the good. Please, can you go to hookersforjesus.net, click on donate. You can donate through PayPal or SecureGive. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Annie's Pink Chair. And I just don't want this conversation to end with Tamia, my friend. I'm just so excited, especially the question that I just broke on. Should we, since you're, okay, formerly 23 years with the force, right? Police officer, now you're eight years a chaplain, basically. You minister, you, you, you support the police and the veterans. Should we defund the police department? No, it makes absolutely no sense. Why and why would not? Why would you do that? Why would you defund your protection? Not every police officer is bad. Right. So why would you get rid of them? It makes no sense to me. Like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm mad with all you guys, so I want no security and no protection whatsoever. Be gone. That makes no sense. Right. And we were talking about earlier, like, like it, we help women get out of trafficking. So there's traffickers. And traffickers, are some of them are female. Some of them are male. Right? We don't know. They, they're all different shapes and colors and cultures and whatever they're from, different countries. Right? I would, which I've done it before, go into a pimp slayer and grab a girl out of there or a client's out of there. That's really not my job. Correct. I've done it before, but let me tell you how close I came to death with my gun and all running from a trafficker. That's not my job. That is the job of the police department. Correct. Correct. You know, or the federal government. Sorry, if it's a federal investigation on someone. Right. Right. And see, for for me, the way I look at it is it makes it's a it's what do you call it? It's a knee jerk reaction to what people are perceiving as a lot of bad actors. But what I want you to think about is since the beginning of this year, we've lost over one hundred and twenty four police officers in the line of duty. We lost a vast majority of them. In the entire United States, right? In the entire nation, yes. The vast majority of them have have lost their lives to COVID. Yes. Most people don't realize this. We lost over 55 officers so far this year to COVID. Wow. And that is because police officers don't get that stay-at-home order. No, they They don't. don't, You know what I'm saying? They are essential essential workers, and they pick up their badge and their gun and their vest every single day and go to work for you. They go to work for you. Now, there's a handful of people who, as we're hearing about, unfortunately, that are bad actors. Right. You know, police officers come from our society, and in our society, there are bad actors. So we hire from that same pool. Right. So once a bad actor is discovered in the police department, then, yes, 
an investigation needs to be done and the person needs to be removed, fired, whatever needs to happen. Every single police officer that I know, including myself, okay, because I am blue to the end, I can't undo 23 on, years, girl. 25 to, years of my life, right? You know, mm. and I still work very closely with police officers. So I know their hearts. I hear their hearts. Do you know what some of them tell me? They say, I can't believe no one is coming to our defense. That there is no one I, out there oh. saying, trust your police officers, bless your police officers, you know, pray for your police officers. We're not hearing that. And that's why I gave you the number of 124, 124. When we as police officers see that a police officer has been shot and killed, run over and killed, whatever the situation is and killed in the line of duty, our hearts break. But not just that, the fact that we're losing many to suicide and why? Because of the same silence that we as black people were concerned about. It's like, why can you stay silent when you realize misjustice is going on, right? Injustice is going on. Same thing for police officers. No one's standing up for them. No one's saying, bless our police officers, respect our police officers. They're not all bad. And when they go to, to work every single day with that, morale goes down, goes down, goes down and then you have people either massively quitting or some of them taking their own lives from depression because they made a choice to serve a community who's now turned their back on them that's so powerful to me and, and you know what i'm going to stand right now for the blue and because you're also a powerful woman of god so i have to say thank you for your service and what you've stood for and what you're doing now to support them and all the mental health that, that is happening right now, the, the terrible things that are happening with the police department. And, and I just want to just be in solidarity with you mm -hmm. as a black woman. Not only that, and, and, and as also a woman of God and, and, a, and a former police officer, and, yes. and I say that you're still blue, so obviously. And I love you, and I thank you for what you're doing for our police officers, the years that you've served. And I just want you to tell the camera, you know, where they can get a hold of you and what you're doing now. And if someone wants to hire you for a speech or a talk, please go ahead and tell them who you are and... Absolutely. How to get hold of you. Thank you so much. I, I love appreciate you. the opportunity. I love you, I love you too. Mm. I really, I so appreciate her. She's so genuine, genuine, and she's had the opportunity to work with police officers. They saved my life. Yes. They yes. saved my life. Yes, I remember. I would the not stories. be here. I would not be here if it wasn't for the police department. Yes, God is good. God is very faithful. There's a lot more good police officers out there than you realize. So you can get a hold of me, Tamia Dow. You can get a hold of me at TamiaDow.com, T-A-M-I-A-D-O-W.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Chaplain Dow. And you can find me on Instagram at Tamia Dow. I'm also working on film. So I'm currently an award-winning filmmaker and I'm working on a project. Thank you. Yay. I'm working on a project about um, the, the, the most interesting victims of domestic violence. And that is wealthy people. Wow. And it's called The Price You Pay. Wow. So that's my The gilded cage. Project. The gilded cage. Thanks, Tamia, so much for being. I honor you as a woman. And thank you. I can't wait for you to come back on. I'm Love excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. That's it for the pink chair today. God bless you. Bye. <laughs>
What you do for me? 